0: This is the Head-On Collision Podcast.
1: So my wife Bianca is joining us on the podcast today. Yes. Yes. Are you excited to do your first podcast?
0: I am, but I'm nervous.
1: How nervous are you? I don't
0: know.
1: Really nervous?
0: Not too bad, just a little bit. I just don't want to
1: mess up. We're in the recording office, aka the normal office for everything in the house here. you are all bundled up in a sweatshirt and a blanket. and long pants. and because
0: yeah, I'm cold.
1: She's cold all the time. So what are we going to talk about today?
0: Um, I don't know, whatever you want.
1: Whatever I want? Yeah. What did we say we were going to talk about today? Rugby. Yes. So why are we going to talk about rugby?
0: Um, because of my past with
1: it. Yeah, there you go. Tell everybody, what did you used to do? You play rugby? Watch um, it?
0: I used to play rugby in college for five years. Um, I was a two-time All-American, went to some higher-level training camps, got uh, looked at by a lot of coaches, and I feel like I have pretty good knowledge and experience. Yeah, so. for sure.
1: So how long, you said just five years in college? hmm Where'd you go to college?
0: I went to University of Nebraska-Lincoln, so Cornhuskers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: all right so um played college rugby for five years but had you played it before you got to high or before you got to college
0: no I've I only watched I think one rugby game in high school and that was a friend's boyfriend used to play um and I just wanted to go watch and it was kind of crazy because there was a lot of injuries that happen and it when you don't know what's going on everything's confusing but um I played soccer for 14 years from the time I was a tiny tyke all the way to senior year in college or senior in high school and then I decided I didn't want to go on so yeah I found rugby in college and so you hadn't
1: you knew like nothing at all about rugby oh no when Not you, even
0: watching that one game, I was like, what is this? Yeah, yeah. so
1: just kind of from just the only experience you had going into it was just watching it. So is it mm-hmm. a pretty easy sport to pick up?
0: Extremely. I had two practices before my first game. And I remember my coach just telling me, um, I go, what do I do? I don't know what to do in this position. position. And she says, if you get the ball, run like hell and tackle the bitch that has the ball that's all you have to do that's pretty good advice
1: <laughs> um what so for people out there that don't know any like have any idea about rugby at all what would be like give them a broad like i guess statement definition whatever you want to call it of what rugby is like obviously it's a sport yeah. but for somebody who's never even heard of rugby or never or have heard about it but never even seen it played how would you describe it
0: Mm, i know a lot of people describe it as a mixture between like football and soccer but it's so much more than that almost it's just an intense game of strategy essentially um there's a lot of rules that you always got to think about when you're on the field as in any sport but um like for instance you can only pass backwards Mm -hmm. um that's a big one um or unless you kick it, which is, um, I guess, the soccer aspect of it. In football, you can't just punt it while you're running.
1: I mean, I'm mean, i sure you could. <laughs> <laughs> you I don't think to. anybody's ever tried yeah. it, though. <laughs> but, I'd like to see a rugby player, some of those rugby players in the NFL, try to kick it <laughs> as they're running with it. Yeah. That'd be really funny. <laughs> but um,
0: Play never stops. Mm-hmm. So it's not like four downs and then the ball switches sides. It's... Truly, you know, it doesn't stop unless the ball goes out or the sir blows a whistle for an infraction.
1: So how do you know who wins?
0: <coughs> Sorry. Um, you, the way you score is they're called tries, and you have what's similar to an end zone in football, um, but we call it the try zone. And you... Run the ball or pass the ball backwards to get into the try zone, and um, you have to touch the ball down on the ground. That's one thing you have to do. Otherwise, you can be tackled in the try zone, and, I mean, you would lose a score. Yeah. Um,
1: So, obviously, this part of it's very much like football. Yeah. So, it would be like if, you know, a football player was running into the end zone, and before he actually could get the points, he'd have to touch the ball to the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. And then what happens after that?
0: Um, wherever you place the ball, is where the place kicker has to kick through the uprights.
1: Gotcha. Um, so, so there are no hash marks or anything like no, that.
0: No. So if you if they if they place the ball all the way in the back corner of the tri zone on like an extreme right or left side, that person has to kick from there. Um, you can go out as far as you want, just so you can get as good of an angle, you know, as you can to kick it in, but you would mostly, when you're trying to score, try and score more towards the middle to make it easier to get the two extra points.
1: Gotcha. So what are the points, then? What do you get awarded for points? Like, on a, every time you kick it through the uprights, when you score, like, touch the ball down, what's the points difference like?
0: So you get five points for touching it down in the tri-zone and two points for kicking it through the uprights. Gotcha. And there's another way, so if you're... Kind of like a, a field goal situation where you're so many yards out and it's fourth down and you want to kick through um, to kick field goal. If it's kind of like that where there's a penalty um, that's happened near your try zone, um, you can do what's called kick for points and that's worth three.
1: So since you said it was a non stop, how do penalties work then? Obviously in football they take a certain amount of yards back but right. like, how does it work in rugby since you don't really stop?
0: So, depending on the infraction um, you do, what's called a scrum, and it's eight players on each side. This is 15s, so mm. there's two ways to play rugby. There's a 15s way, pe- with 15 people on the field, and seven people on the field. Sevens is an extremely fast-paced form of rugby um, that you see a lot of, like, they do it in the Olympics, they do it for the Rugby World Cup, Um, They mostly play sevens.
1: So is 15 more popular or sevens more popular?
0: Um, The higher you go, sevens is going to be more popular, I want to say. At least there's no sevens team, I guess, here in Nebraska. Um, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: You know, just because we have two colleges that play it, which is, well, actually we have a few now that I think about it, but the big names, ones you're going to hear about from Nebraska are UNL and Wayne State. Um, and I think outside, like, especially on the coast, the east and west coast, sevens is really popular. Sevens is, uh, seven minutes each half, two minute halftime. So the game is really fast, but it's very intense. Um, and you only have seven players and the field stays the same. It doesn't shorten because there's not that many people. It stays the same exact size as you would on 15s. So you have to cover a lot more ground. Um, You have to be a lot more strategic in um, who goes in for rucks, which is what happens when somebody's tackled. Um, You do what's called a ruck. You have two people or however many people from each side contend for the ball, um, but they cannot grab it themselves if they're engaged in a ruck. Mm -hmm. Um, They have what's called a scrum half that would come and get it from their side and throw it out so that the play continues.
1: So if you're on defense and you tackle somebody, mm-hmm. like you said it doesn't stop. Mm-hmm. So it's just continuous like how do you determine then who has the ball? Like does the same team get the ball? So
0: the same team will keep the ball unless the other team so unless the other team is able to grab it before they roll over to the person that had the ball rolls over to their side so that their scrum half can come and get the ball. So um, uh, the person being tackled and the tackler, once they hit the ground, they are considered the ground. Mm-hmm. So if you have the ball, you have about two seconds to place that ball, and not. you cannot just hold on to it on the ground.
1: Gotcha. So you if you will get, get tackled called. with the ball, you have to you put have it to somewhere. Place
0: yeah, you have to place it, and they have what's called a gate. So you place it, you position your body almost to where it's like a small gate. Mm-hmm.
1: I, I, yeah, don't ha- I don't know time. how to explain so, it. So but the gate is the player. So like yeah. put him positioning his body, right? Yeah,
0: so if you just lay out straight, then um, you, ha- you make a bigger gate for the other team to step over and essentially for the other scrum half to step over you and get the ball. So if you position your hands and your feet um you kind of bend them to be
1: like a half circle yeah, shape like a like half a, circle, or a yeah. half c
0: yeah like a c yeah, yeah. You position it like a c and have the ball where your stomach is the other team has to the other scrum half would have to be right there to try it's harder for the other team gotcha. essentially um and because it's so fast you I, this has to happen within like seconds yeah um
1: so then, as soon as like say the team that got tackled gets the ball right back because mm-hmm. the guy places it well, mm-hmm. then it's just same thing over and over again. Yeah,
0: the scrum half <laughs> will throw it out to a different player, and then they will run forward. Um, most times, or depending on a, on the play, mm-hmm. it could they could keep throwing it out to the wings, who are their faster players. Essentially, mm-hmm. on on fifteens or sevens, your wings are going to be your smaller, faster people. Um, and they'll run it forward and then get tackled, and
1: you start the situation all over again. Gotcha. So the essentially the game plan on offense, I guess, for a very basic sense, is to try and, after somebody gets tackled, get the ball and just keep passing towards the outside to your fastest player as you mm-hmm. keep advancing. But mm-hmm. you can't throw the ball forward, so you have to run a little ways, and then right before you get tackled, pass, it pass it the ball. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha.
0: Or kick it. Yeah. Um, you see a lot more kicking in sevens, almost. Just there's
1: because more there's more ground. Yeah.
0: yeah, so if you kick it, there's a rule that um, the person who kicks it has to put all the other players on sides. So as soon as that person kicks it, everyone else that's in front of them is considered offsides. Um, so even if the person on the other team lands up getting that ball... Everyone that was in front of the kicker cannot touch them, or it's a penalty. Gotcha. Yeah, so then that's why the kicker has to sprint as fast as they can forward to put everyone on sides to get them to help.
1: Gotcha. So what is what was the, when you were starting into it, you obviously played a lot, but what was the most confusing part for you to grasp?
0: Um, man, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Uh, just penalties in general. There's. Like knowing what you're doing like wrong. Knowing what you're doing wrong, <laughs> yes, especially. Yeah. And um, getting that reaction time to, once you're tackled, place the ball and try and squeeze yourself out of there as fast as you can yeah. um, just to get back into position. Uh, yeah, the most basic. Penalty you catch up really fast is if the ball hits you at any point and goes forward. You don't even, I mean, if you're attempting to catch and it just goes forward, um, it's called a knock on. And that's when a scrum happens. Gotcha. Um, so oh, I was saying earlier, scrum it ha- uh, for sevens, it's three people in a scrum half for 15s. It's eight people in a scrum half. Um, and what
1: are those people doing? What's the object?
0: The object, you ha- you come together um, and the scrum half of the team that I think it goes to the other team if you do an infraction. One of the scrum halves will throw it in to the middle and you have a, a position what's called a hooker. And that person is in between two props and they're being propped up and they take their foot and they essentially try to hook it back to the next row of people, which are your locks. And um, on the sides of your locks are going to be your two flankers. And then behind your locks are going to be your eight man. So, so there's three
1: people, four people, one person.
0: Mm-hmm. And your flankers are, uh, they're loose. So they, they only bind in um, by t-shirts. The other ones, like the locks, have to bind in between legs, as well as um, the two props. They have to bind the hooker, um, and then they have to bind the other team when they come together. And so it's essentially just a fight for the ball to hook all the way back to your eight man. And your eight man keeps it under their foot until the scrum half comes and can throw it out to what's considered your backs.
1: Gotcha. So it's eight people basically head on head. The first three people on each team they like lock together, don't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like pushing against each other and trying to use your feet mm-hmm. to kick back to the next row, which are four and four. Yep. And then the row, and then behind that, you have the one person who can get the ball and toss it out, right? So or, you, or take it and go. Or, or take it and go. Yeah. Yep. The
0: eight man, there's eight man plays that they pick it. They pick it up and they just they run with it or they do a play with it. Otherwise, yeah, most of the time the scrum half will come and throw it out.
1: Gotcha. So I know we talked a little bit about it last time. What was the most like for you? Some of the most memorable moments you had in rugby.
0: Um. So from just like the playing, like on like each game, kind of thing was specific tackles. Mm-hmm. And I know I've told. Play this like multiple times probably but there was one particular tackle where I'd come from all the way on the other side of the field and this this person was running with the ball and trying to score a try and she was breaking tackles and she had no idea I was even there it was the most I don't know in my mind it was such a beautiful side tackle that she when she had no idea until she hit the floor that I was even there I hit her like a freight train
1: yeah for sure so (laughs) obviously you love the aggressive mentality and the aggressive aspect of the whole sport I do and that was probably something of course you went playing soccer which isn't necessarily aggressive I mean unless you kick somebody in the shins really hard yeah but other than that like um is it was that like the best part for you
0: Tackle, even, like, being aggressive and being... Well, just
1: being a part of a sport that was, like, that much more aggressive or something like that. Was that... Did you enjoy that the most, or did you just enjoy playing it to play to have something to do, like...
0: I think I I enjoyed it. I mean, the tackling was such a... And and being aggressive and being on a team and being able to do that in a game definitely was a positive, I get, for me. But just having that team mentality again in college, because my first semester... Um, at Lincoln, I didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. And so when I learned about rugby from a roommate um, and playing in that first game and being in the those practices, it just having that team mentality again. Yeah. And, you know, making friendships throughout the years with people you would normally, because everyone has different majors. You don't know when you would ever meet them. But having a club sport to meet, People from all different backgrounds. It's just, it was great.
1: Yeah, definitely. um Why didn't you, you talk to a little bit about soccer? I know this is the rugby podcast, but yeah. why didn't you decide to go on with soccer?
0: I was tired of it.
1: Played fourteen years and I, you just I had mean, enough. <laughs> yeah,
0: I really did. It was, it was just something where I mean, I was good, but I was, I wasn't amazing. Like I would have been if I had gone on to play. For a college, I don't think I would have been happy. Yeah. I think it would have been something to... You would
1: have felt it was forced upon you kind of thing. Pretty much, yeah. yeah I would
0: have my parents happy, you know, my, my daughter plays college soccer, you know, just to have a college athlete in a family is, you know, pride in itself. Yeah. Um, especially if it's like a scholarship and a varsity sport. And for me, I just, I lost that fire. I lost that fire to play soccer and... I just knew that if I had gone on, it would have. I would have quit within a year. Yeah. I would have not liked it
1: at so all. So any regrets not going to do something with soccer related? No. Yeah. Happy no. with what you made? Yeah. The choices you made. So good. like
0: now, I mean, yeah, I went so much higher in rugby than I ever could have possibly imagined in soccer.
1: And you said two-time All-American, right? Mm-hmm. So how do they figure All-American-like status?
0: So they... Um, They have a lot of scouts at different tournaments across the U.S. So, in Wayne, Nebraska, they have a giant tournament for men and women. I mean, over 70 teams go. And you just play rugby Mm -hmm. for a whole weekend, and it's incredible. And they have different coaches and scouts and stuff that just go and see the talent. Um, And I was contacted by a coach from... I think it was my second Wayne tournament. After that, to go play for a U. What was it? U twenty three, so under twenty three, like league for a weekend or so. Me and two other girls from my team were selected, and we play other teams from different divisions. So ours was some kind of like Midwest. Version and then you have different, I don't know, just different yeah. teams that come and play. And once you, that was a step higher than just the regular Wayne tournament and regular college play. Then you get a step higher to the U 23s because you're being selected mm-hmm. um, to, to for more of your talent. And so after that, once I, after that game, the last game of that tournament, I was approached by somebody else and they wanted my contact information to contact me for the higher camps which was the all-american camps Mm -hmm. and i went to the first one and from there you showcase your talents and they put you on teams to uh to go like overseas Mm -hmm. so i think the first time was like france so they have a all-american primary and all-american secondary so i made the all-american secondary team so uh I didn't get to travel to France, but mm-hmm. I was on the cusp of being Yeah, into. absolutely, for sure.
1: Yeah. And then a little bit, I know you talked to me a little bit about it, but opportunity to go to the women's Olympic team a little bit there?
0: Um. So I went to an all, uh, what was it, a, a pro training camp in Arkansas, and that is an even higher level than the All-Americans uh, mm-hmm. because that's potential to be asked to go to an Olympic training center Mm -hmm. or contact information to go on other higher camps or just other camps in general to showcase, you know, does this person have what it takes to potentially go train at the Olympic training center Mm -hmm. and to see if they can make an Olympic team or the women's in general pro team. Um, and I played under at that pro training camp. She wasn't the coach yet, but she, went on to be the the pro-team, I think it's Jules McCoy is her mm-hmm. name. Um, and she went on to be the uh, pro-team women's
1: uh, coach. coach. Head coach. Yep. Head coach, yeah. Well, that's always pretty cool.
0: Yeah, and the, you... the current, like, the World Cup girls, I think I've played with two of those girls.
1: I was about to say, you have a... Uh... You know, one somebody who's on the Olympic mm-hmm. team or over mm-hmm. in the training center, don't mm-hmm. you? Yeah. yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, I still. Uh, she, me, and we kind of like you know on Facebook and social media. Like, she'll comment on my posts. I'll comment on hers and like her stuff. And you yeah, know, we're still kind of just like connected. social media yeah, connected, connected through social media. Absolutely, yeah. for sure. But that's all um, you need, really, which is super cool. And she's she's been at the Olympic training center, I think, for a few years now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So
0: yeah. Um, if I were, I talk about this sometimes, but if I were to be asked to, if I was back in the day, um, asked to go to the Olympic training center, I, I envisioned this and I thought about it and you almost have to give up a lot. I mean, obviously it's a huge sacrifice to go play for your country and to go train for your country. And at that moment in my life, I wouldn't have been able to finish college. I would have had to uproot my entire life to move to California, um, which in itself is just a huge deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and you live there and you train there and it's it's intense because you've been picked, obviously, for something incredible. Yeah. And I think at that moment in my life, I know I was never asked, but if I would, I almost I feel like I would have turned it down because...
1: Yeah. It's all personal preference. It is all personal it's whether preference. Whether or not you can you want to do that or what's for, important yeah. for you in life yeah. or what it's to be, so
0: And when do you I mean, as any pro athlete, you know rugby's not huge. It's getting bigger in the US mm-hmm. but it's not seems big like enough to huge. where you can It's make, huge everywhere else, yeah. but it
1: seems like in the US especially. Yes. It's very, very um, I guess people are less educated about it. Mm-hmm. It seems that way.
0: They almost have a stigma about it. Yeah, Like that sport is so violent and you're going to you're prone to get hurt all the time and blah blah blah, but if you're smart and you're confident and you go into tackles knowing, you know, I'm the strongest person in this situation, you won't get hurt. It's all in you know, how any kind of training, any kind of practice. You practice how your body um positioning is in order to decrease your likelihood of getting hurt
1: and talk about the uh, what do you wear like a lot of people don't understand like what do you wear when you get when you go out there and you compete
0: it's literally your jersey socks cleats and a mouth guard you have the the option of wearing a scrum cap um which is something that kind of helps with concussions and i think i i wore a scrum cap personally um which is just extra padding on your head. It's not like a giant helmet. It's just a nice little extra padding. And I can remember in particular one time I was tackled, my head hit the ground right on my temple. Um, I would have been knocked out if it wasn't for my scrum cap. And that definitely that extra cushioning just right there was just enough Mm -hmm. to stop me from really, you know, rattling my brain.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I know a lot of people compare for kind of like just a good comparison for anybody who has never seen rugby or seen a scrum cap it's very similar to what the old leather head football helmets used to be when they very first started like Mm -hmm. that's identical to what it is Mm -hmm. like it's just piece of very small padding that you put over your head Mm -hmm. it weighs like less than a pound like probably one one to two pounds less than that even um you just set it, you put it right over your head and you're good to go super lightweight obviously but i know a lot of there's a lot of thought and a lot of studies out there too that say if you took away the nice padded helmets in football then there would be less concussions because if you think about it the same thing with you know hitting a wall with your hand versus hitting a pillow mm-hmm. you know if i told you to do both of them you would probably be a lot more inclined to hit the to hit the pillow really hard and then yeah. hit the wall, really pull back and just barely knock it with your hand. That way you mm-hmm. don't hurt your hand. Same thing with any kind of a contact sport. If you have that extra padding and you're going after somebody full speed and you try to hit them, you're obviously going to be a little bit more inclined to go harder because mm-hmm. you know you have that extra padding. But take that padding away and you your body's conscience that you know that it's going to hurt a lot more, then all of a sudden you're holding back more. You're not going to try to use your head yeah. as much as you're going to try to use your shoulders maybe or, you know, something that's not going to hurt as bad. I, now, you still hit really hard, obviously. Oh, yeah. I, I
0: think, like, with that, I think, you know, with the extra padding, with the extra, you know, shoulder guards, face guards and everything, you you almost become more reckless in how you tackle um, in rugby, you are required to wrap up and go down with that person. And I know in football, you can just go and you can shoulder tap them or you can just knock them and hit push them. them, hit them, do whatever. You don't have to go down. So your, your tackling almost suffers. Um, you become more reckless and you don't really properly tackle the way you should increasing yeah absolutely you know, your your likelihood of getting hurt and i know of some colleges especially on the coasts where it's big where rugby is really big they have their rugby teams teach their football teams how to tackle because it is you get lower you position your body to where you you know your head's not pinned somewhere or
1: yeah, um, absolutely. I yeah, think everybody so, and at, at a young age, especially with football, mm-hmm. everybody's taught how to do a perfect form tackle. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, you start with very slow motion, they tell you where your head should be, they you know, they tell you how low your body should be, where you should be putting your shoulder pads and they teach you how to do that and they run through it in depthly because if you've never played football before it's something that you have to go over and over and over mm-hmm. until it just becomes muscle memory mm-hmm. and the same thing happens in rugby when you learn how to play rugby you're taught how to do the swarm tackle but the thing about football like i said you have all these pads on and you're like oh well you know i found out that you know if i just hit him really hard then he'll go down mm-hmm. and then that's the play's over mm-hmm. but uh with rugby you can't really do that and you have to as you Grow and get older in football, um, you know, you continually lose that form that you were taught when you very first began. You
0: start taking shortcuts. Through
1: high school, they continually go over it again, and, you know, you get a little bit better at it, but then, you know, you keep going through, you know, college, you know, your form tackling gets a little bit, you know, they they already assume you know how to form tackle really well if you're making it to that level, so they just don't worry about it as much. Um, And then through the pros... Um, Obviously, uh, pro football, we've seen some really um, dangerous and very scary ways to tackle. Mm -hmm. And we've seen some very careless ways to tackle that, you know, you either make the highlight reel from being a huge hit or a huge whiff. I mean, that's the only way you make a highlight reel anymore these days. Um, And you see it firsthand with the NFL, but with rugby, you know, there's no chance for you to ever, like, stop continuing to, to form tackle perfectly mm-hmm. because the instant you do that you're pretty much worthless to the team or you know you <laughs> end up giving the other team opportunity to keep scoring and scoring and right. scoring because if right. you know if you don't form tackle and take them all the way to the ground then it just you can keep going right. <laughs> so it's a little bit different like i said um but then, and in rugby since they don't have the padding they are going to go out and try to spear people because they know that's going to hurt them really bad too mm-hmm. So that's just kind of how it is between the two sports, and it's it's fun to look at the way that that is. And a lot of, like I said, a lot of the um, thinking that, you know, you'll use your, as football players, you know, they'll use their arms, their shoulders, um, their body a lot more if they had less padding on their head. Yeah. Because, you know, that's the first line of defense in almost every uh, situation is using your head to hit somebody really hard Mm -hmm. and because you have that really nice element that's supposed to be concussion proof i'm quote quoting concussion proof as i'm saying it because there's no such thing as that um but you know like you said if you gave all those nfl players scrum caps Mm -hmm. you would see some really good tackling yeah you'd see really good tackling you'd see a lot less um close your eyes and put your head down and try to hurt somebody and Mm -hmm. especially with what happened last year with the ryan shazier incident that we watched that like we were watching that game and watched that happen and watched the replay over and over and over again and we just we were i was pretty convinced that he had broke a spine and he was just paralyzed from the waist down the way he looked but Finally, saw a camera angle of him barely tweaking his feet around. Mm-hmm. So that was good, good, good. good sign. At least you know better for what the situation would have been. But those are the kind of hits that would uh, uh that could kill somebody. Mm-hmm. And it's scary to think that you know now uh, with the exciting news that we're going to have a boy coming that you know uh, our child could be subject to that too. And with the more studies that they've done on head injuries too, it seems like. Um, and I haven't looked it up for sure yet, so I'm not going to give out exact answers or numbers. But I would definitely um, imply or I would definitely say that there are way more head injuries in football than there are in rugby.
0: That's. I was just going to comment, you know, you see all these studies on football players with, you know, later when they retire um, having just these hor- horrible brain injuries um m
1: with CTE CTE Yeah, CTE, they all get CTE really bad and that just causes issues.
0: And you don't hear about CTE studies in rugby.
1: And how long has rugby been going for?
0: Oh, way longer than football. I mean, like like I said, you know, it's huge in New Zealand, it's huge in Australia, it's huge in Fiji. It's just it's huge in all these other countries all over the world and football barely I mean if you think about it barely even started yeah um, but you know they do do concussion testing in rugby they really do um, at a lot of the higher level camps before you even step on that pitch they have you do a concussion test mm-hmm. and if you are elevated they do another um, if your results come back you know you you might have a concussion they go again into a higher you know, deeper um, analysis of what's really going on and if it's too much they won't let you play so they they make sure your brain is completely healed before you know as if healed as it can be Yep,
1: absolutely and they've adopted that with almost all sports now which yeah. has been great um i wonder kind of how they do that in other countries as well mm-hmm. Uh, kind of they take the same protocol because i know injury prevention is really big here even though it seems like with some of the sports we have it's one of the you know in the u.s it's very very we are very prone to those injuries Mm -hmm. more than others are Mm -hmm. Um, but we do take injury prevention very seriously it just hasn't been working as well as i think it could be yeah um but i don't have the answers and they don't obviously either or else we'd be getting a lot better with it but um Yeah, so, obviously, you were huge in rugby, um, and you loved it a lot, and did it for a long, long time, Mm -hmm. um, any advice for people looking, like, who want to try rugby, who have never even tried it before, anything like that, like, what's your best piece of advice that you could give, like, a beginner?
0: Um, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to try it, just because you've seen the violence, you watch violence in football all the time, and you don't bat an eye. Don't be afraid of rugby, um... If you are looking to play a sport, it is such a family, a big, big family, you know, where they don't care about your size, they don't care about your skill level or, you know, what your experience is. You know, your team is gonna, you're an asset to the team no matter what. And after games, after, you know, we went, to travel teams, or teams came to travel to us, we always had what's called a social, and you take the other team out to a bar or a pizza place, and those who are able to drink, um, you know, you share a beer with the other team, no matter what happened on the field, and you kind of say, "Hey, that was a good hit." It's just a time to where everyone's wound down. Who cares what the score was? You just go, you talk, and you find out like more about the other team rather than you played them, you beat them or lost and then you leave. So you just kind of bond with it because like you said like we said, like rugby's not it's getting bigger here, but it's not as big as some of the other sports.
1: Um, It's definitely less about the rivalry though, and more about Uh,
0: more about the family and the bond and the You
1: guys are all playing the same sport. That's how it is. But all everyone enjoys it, which is how it should be. I mean there's a lot of a lot of sports it seems like um you know you watch there's definitely lots of rivalry um, there is yeah. still in a lot of sports but then you look at these guys especially in professional sports you get paid lots of money it's mm-hmm. funny how you know if you get paid a lot of money you're really you're you know you're friends with these rivals or if you get paid hardly any money you're still friends with these rivals there's mm-hmm. no in between mm-hmm. so when you look at these you guys are playing this really hard aggressive sport and you're not making anything it just kind of turns into a you know hey we're just here having fun let's yeah. all be friends and get along and all this stuff and everybody does like there isn't any like hardly any drama or anything like that when it comes down to it um and then you look at these really high-paid athletes that are like hey you know i understand you got me good but you're getting paid a lot of money i'm getting paid a lot of money this is what we do you know is what it is but even more in a sense of with rugby since they do almost require to throw those things i mean you Mm -hmm. don't see nfl teams staying the night after a game to go hang out with the other team like that just doesn't happen um but being as competitive as rugby players are they can still get together and talk and have a good time and um it doesn't affect their gameplay in a sense Mm because i guess there's less i don't want to say less strategy but there's not like uh, you know, one player could give away a secret play or something yeah. like that. It's just like, yeah. uh, hey, you know, we're better than you, and, you know, that's how it is, and we're not going to be mad, and we know you're not going to be mad. It's just how it is, so there's, we're going to get along.
0: There's no set playbook
1: for mm-hmm. rugby. It's just um, all.
0: You can have plays, like, mm-hmm. you can have specific, like, at this time, in this situation, do this, but there's no set going out there and I'm going to throw a Hail Mary. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, we're going to do a, a punt fake, or, you know, things like that. It's just, you go out and you play to the best of your ability. Um, and there's there's nothing said about it. So, the... The... I mean, it's even. It's like an even playing field. Yep, absolutely. Almost. Yeah.
1: So, we talked a lot about, obviously, Head-On Collision Podcast is a... Kind of taking our role right now, at least, on more of a health and uh, fitness-based podcast. We talk a lot about working out, me and TJ do, and all that stuff. Talk to me about how your workouts go and any advice. I know me and you work out a ton, so you're pretty well-versed when it comes to the Mm -hmm. gym. Mm -hmm. Um, But talk to me about, like, suggestions and, like, workout training that you would recommend for a rugby player, somebody that's getting ready to go into their first year some, mm-hmm. uh, or even somebody that's on their off season that knows rugby yeah. but doesn't know working out, what yeah. would be your big recommendation for them?
0: Um, leg workouts. Yeah. Definitely get your leg workouts in. Do not skip leg day because, you know, whether it's a scrum or you just those short bursts of energy, I think high intensity interval training, that's a good one. Um, to get your heart rate up and to get you conditioned. And um, conditioning, I would say, is a very, very important part of rugby. Mm-hmm. The longer you can go, it is so tiring, especially if you're going to be in a sevens game because it's obviously continually, it's seven minutes. Um, so everything's got to go fast. you got to get the ball, tackle a person with the ball, get up, Just Run, tackle, get up. Run, tackle, get up. It's just constantly going, and you you don't have that time unless there's a penalty. You don't really have that time to just catch your breath.
1: Um,
0: So I think conditioning especially is very important in rugby. Um, It it really, if you find out what position you're going to play or if you know what position you are, Find workouts that are catered toward that position almost. So you'll see, I guess the leg day workouts are going to be for people who are in a scrum because you got to push, you got to use that force, you got to really use your legs um, in a scrum. Um, I think more conditioning for like high intensity intervals is going to be for the wings, uh, core is another really good one um get your ab workouts in i know i wasn't very good at doing like ab workouts just i don't Mm -hmm. know it's usually just something i skipped um which i probably would have benefited from a lot more if i had but um let me think
1: Basically, just a strength focus yeah. training. Strength focus training,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah, because obviously, like you said, you're going to have a lot of times where you're running mm-hmm. around the field nonstop, and then mm-hmm. you're going to have those times where you really need that extra strength to push through. So, mm-hmm. and most of it's coming from your legs, a lot of it will be. But obviously, with any kind of a training regime, try to hit all of every muscle group that's, that you can. Um, and then try, try to, you know, hit the ones that you especially need to use, like yeah. where we said, legs and core are probably mm-hmm. most important. Um, especially in those, you know, scrums and rucks and stuff like that, that's uh, yeah. obviously being able to keep steady and keep your keep a tight core, and then be able to push with your legs are two gigantic things yeah. that you'll need.
0: Shoulders for the the props, and the the locks and the scrum people. Um, shoulders is a good one. Uh, when so lineouts, it's a little different in rugby when the ball goes out of bounds because it just doesn't automatically go to the other team. Um, you have what's called a line out and you have two people, um, or one person, depending on, you know, your strategy, um, throwing another person in the air and they have to hold them in the air until the person throws the ball in in between them. It's what's called the tunnel throws in between them and you essentially have to fight in the air for the ball. So if you're on that base and you're the person throwing that other person in the air, you're going to want strong shoulders and strong arms. Upper body strength, yeah, Yeah, definitely. Like I said, depending on your position, depending on what you're going to be doing while you're playing, definitely have a, a weight and strength training catered towards that.
1: Yeah, that's perfect. So that sounds like a pretty good fitness plan for anybody that's trying to get into rugby um what about eating what would you say are like the best way to eat for it is
0: um well I wasn't the best nutrition person I guess you know I I that was one aspect I never really looked into as mm-hmm. much as I should have you know I had the mentality of as long as I work out as hard as I can I don't have to, I can eat whatever I want which <laughs> Is obviously a terrible idea. Yeah. (laughs) um, Because you're not fueling your body right. You're not, you know, putting stuff in your body that can help you recover from, you know, intense rugby games where you wake up and you feel like you're hit by a freight train or any contact sport in general. I'm sure football players feel the same thing where the next morning they're just, their whole body aches and just walking hurts. Um, So then you're, you're, at a higher risk of just staying sore for longer and um injuries can happen because you're eating so much fried food or you're not performing your best because you know you're just not eating well
1: yeah absolutely so i'd say with the same with about any kind of a sport obviously you'd want to stay high on your protein intake for sure just keep on recovery Mm -hmm. um and you'd also want to you know eat a moderate high amount of carbohydrates, healthy carbohydrates, right. um, before you're performing an activity, and then a fairly decent—I'd uh, say probably low to moderate amount of carbs afterwards too for recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously, fueling your body the right way with the right foods. I guess the quality of the food is the most important because if you if you were eating high high carbs and high protein in the forms of you know deep fried fat food because mm-hmm. you're getting a lot of carbs and a lot of protein out of that. Mm-hmm. But obviously, uh, fueling it with high quality um, foods are going to be what you're especially trying to do when, with sports. That way you feel yeah. good and perform really well. I know going through football, one of the biggest things that they had us do was they always kept a bag of apples and a... Big giant, like Sam's Club box of Snickers bars in our refrigerator at the mm-hmm. football locker room. And they always used to say, eat an apple in a Snickers bar because the Snicker bar will kick in first and the apple will kick right. in later. So, yes, in that turn of thinking, yes, you get a sugar kick and then the apple kind of leaves it kind of, it's obviously a healthier carb source, so it kind of lets it sit there a little bit longer. Um, but honestly, I would probably now, knowing what I know now, not do either one, (laughs) especially right before training, Um, you know, any kind of a serious uh, competition. Um, And especially if you're playing like in a sevens game, Mm -hmm. you might not need to eat nearly as many carbs because you will be um,
0: almost weighed down.
1: Well, not necessarily weighed down. Well, I guess, yeah, I guess in a sense you could be like if you ate a heavy, bunch. Your
0: stomach just feels heavy.
1: But if you ate, like I said, if you ate high quality carbs, but as short as the game is, even though you're working at a really high mm-hmm. intensity, um, the games are a lot shorter. So um, you might not need to eat as much as like a full 15 um, right. when you're playing the, the full the full game. So mm-hmm. just to kind of give you an idea, but that's eating uh, with any kind of a sport. You want to get high quality carbohydrates to fuel around your competitions and you also want to get plenty of protein Mm -hmm. um, to keep you going Uh, and staying recovered and making sure you can maintain especially with any kind of a uh, sport activity maintain as much muscle mass and strength as possible Mm -hmm. so being able to have that kind of a healthy diet around that stuff is going to be huge Um, what are your plans uh, with rugby from here on out
0: I've thought about it. Um, We do have a team, you know, for people that aren't in college. Um, We just have a local team. And obviously I can't play now with, you know, a baby on the way. And it might be a while, but I've always kind of thought about just going back for fun. You know, I still have rugby dreams. Uh, Last night I had a rugby dream. You know, just I miss it. I miss the team aspect. I miss, you know, when you have frustration from work or frustration from any, any activity or you you just, you leave it on the field, you go on the field, you take it out, you're, you're tired, you're just all of your energy is expended and you feel so good. Um, and I do miss that sometimes, you know, I, I have, um, been lacking in the weight training because after rugby, you know, um, me and Clay really got into a good routine of being at the gym. And that's where I got my most of my frustration out. Um, I just put all of my energy into something else. And now that, you know, I've kind of relaxed and kind of lapsed on my weight training. Um, I just have a lot of energy. So, or just pent up, pent up energy.
1: Yeah, Um, absolutely. So eventually someday you'd like to do something with rugby again. Yes. What about coaching? Have you thought about coaching?
0: I thought about it. I I don't know. I feel like I'm not a coach. I just, I have this, I, I don't know. It's hard for me to explain, but I don't picture me being in a coaching position.
1: I don't know. I think a lot of the listeners would probably say differently after this podcast because you did a pretty good job explaining everything. So I just wondered if that was ever, ever crossed through your mind, like doing taking a coaching role and maybe just Mm -hmm. sitting on the, standing on the sidelines and being a part of it and uh, still having that competition, but just not be the one running out on the field all the time.
0: Yeah, I know. But I'm, I want to be, I feel like it almost frustrates me more because as much as you can relay You know, what to do on the field to your players. I just, I want to get out there and just do it and show them. And like in the game. And I feel like if it's not going my way, I could be a very frustrated person.
1: You'll be like the uh, the coach off the longest yard who suits up and plays yes. with the team at the very end. That would be me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that would definitely yeah. be me. Yeah.
1: Well, not too shabby. I feel like we got a lot of good content on the rugby stuff and down. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, it's something that you're very passionate about, and mm-hmm. I'm sure um, our son will be passionate about too. And you know, I've g- gave my little thing a shot, and I loved what I with the little bit that I got to partake in. It was a lot of fun and a blast. So. I enjoyed it a bunch and, uh, it's definitely a sport that I think, uh, is going to continue to grow yeah. here in the United States and, uh, hopefully, um, be something that, you know, a lot more people can enjoy and be a part of with a lot less injuries and, mm-hmm. uh, just be something, another great way to, to live your life if you choose to live that way, but another great way to get out and exercise and obviously right. do some high intensity stuff and, have fun like you said the biggest part about it was having fun and meeting people and the relationships and the friendships and all that stuff too Mm -hmm. so um, anytime you can do something like that and bring people together especially in a form of a sport that's definitely um, something that we want to continue to grow
0: it's lessons you can take away you know anytime like you can use those lessons from a team sport in your everyday life yeah um, being able to work in a team and being able to kind of work with people you don't like I know we we've talked about that or you've talked about that before with me just lessons you've learned from team sports you yeah. have for the rest of your life
1: absolutely there's not one thing and we did a lot we'll do a whole nother podcast on it um with TJ as well but we did a whole bunch of talking on the podcast that got deleted somehow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure what happened, but it, it was just lost fault. material. <laughs> <laughs> uh, lost material there, but we did a lot of talking about how, you know, in every life situation, in a real-life situation, you can almost relate any real-life situation to something you learned back in a team mm-hmm. uh, sport or a team activity mm-hmm. um, rather than, you know... Studying from a book, or you know, completing an assignment or writing a paper—like there's just life. So many more life learning scenarios that you'll learn from team sports than you will from uh, anything else in life. Mm-hmm. So uh it's it's nice to <clears throat> nice to have that aspect, especially when you're growing up and you're developing um, to be able to. Handle those problems early in life mm-hmm. and not have to worry about that stuff. So it'll be something I want to get our kid involved in. Uh, we both obviously want to get our kid involved oh, yeah. in and in active group activity settings and where he has to work with people he likes and work mm-hmm. with people he doesn't like and uh, very quickly learn that you know if you're not good at somebody something nobody's going to hand it to you. Mm-hmm. You have to you work, work hard and uh, you know try to develop that as much as we can. Um, but pretty exciting stuff um you want to tell them uh where we're going next week
0: yeah um we're going to new mexico my family my mom is from there and you know we every year we take a vacation whether it's out of the country or local um in the u.s or any of the east coast west coast but because i'm pregnant it's a little harder to go out of the country. Too far, yeah. It's a little too far, so we decided, you know, um, have some fun with family in New Mexico, go up into the mountains. My dad has this big thing planned for us, train ride deep into the mountains and Taking lots of pictures. And... Oh, yeah.
1: I'm going to have a blast with the camera. And I'm getting more and more into outdoor photography and wildlife photography, so I'm going to just have a blast with the camera and taking pictures all week. And it'll be definitely a good de stressor that we both need. And then maybe see here in the next couple in about a month. Um, I know some of the listeners know how avid that we are at hunting, myself mm-hmm. included, or mainly myself, because I talk about it so much. But both of us are really avid hunters and outdoors people and uh really uh enjoy the wildlife mm-hmm. and the aspect of it i mean we were watching planet earth last night for like two hours and we could just like it literally we just watched that show over and over it's again just and
0: it's amazing nature
1: it is you know. it's the most it's you know god bless us with this amazing earth and this amazing world and mm-hmm. it's just amazing the stuff that he's done that he's he, he created <laughs> that nobody even like has stepped on or yeah. been around and just these amazing animals that that have and it's just it's really amazing so very excited to just to go down and do that stuff and then like i said the next couple of, uh weeks months we'll see maybe if we have a can gather up a hunting uh mm-hmm. trip back to new mexico in the same area to maybe go on an elk hunt
0: mm-hmm. um so i got mine
1: yeah she two, got hers two, she got hers yeah about three years ago before I, was. I met you so yeah, it was. yeah so three or four years ago she got her first one um, with a gun and um very excited very proud moment of hers and we'll have to we'll have to do a whole hunting episode <laughs> yeah um with you and me and then hopefully with a couple other people who are in the fitness and health industry that yes. love hunting um and try to get everybody wrapped into it and for the most part, uh, it's a big part of our lives, and will forever be a big part of our lives, and something that we'll are it
0: be part of our son's life, yeah, whether that's... he chooses it or not. He'll <laughs> be a part of it, and it'll be a part of him. But
1: um, I mean,
0: his uh... gender reveal was with compound bows. <laughs> yeah, we, no, he pretty has pretty good time. to be a
1: hunter. <laughs> yeah, no, we'll see how everything goes. We'll let him choose what he wants to do, but he'll definitely have the opportunity, and that's the yes. biggest, that's the most important part: is that he gets the opportunity to try whatever he wants, and he gets to us so um, we're really excited for it all but hopefully get that planned out and we might be doing a podcast in New Mexico um, Mm -hmm. here in the next month or two um, Mm -hmm. live from New Mexico in the middle of the hunt sometime (laughs) when we get a chance to to uh you know in the heat of the day or something like that to take a break and do a do an hour-long podcast about hunting or something but
0: guest appearance by my grandpa
1: yes there you go <laughs> guest appearance no but we'll see kind of what's going on um as far as that goes in the future but me and tj will be back on doing another uh podcast not sure what we have lined up next but as soon as we do we'll get it recorded and get it out for you guys um but for the most part do you have anything final to tell our listeners at home <laughs>
0: Um, try something new, whether it be a new sport, um, a new food, a new fitness schedule, just go out there and try something new, I'd say, um, just broaden your horizons. I think having as many life experiences as we can, um, before we leave this earth is, you know, the more... It leads to a more fulfilled life.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and a better understanding of everything. Mm -hmm. Um, I know, especially on our little hunting talk that we just gave about how excited (laughs) we are for that stuff. um, One of the biggest things that, you know, you can't see from all angles. I know a lot of people... Don't clearly see why we hunt, or Mm -hmm. what it is we like about it, or why we enjoy doing the things we do, and um, they misunderstand why it is too. Mm -hmm. Uh, We don't. We love animals. (laughs) Yes. We have tons of them. We have the two dogs, a chinchilla, a cat. You wanted to bring home another cat. I almost brought home another kitten yesterday. (laughs) Yes. So people don't understand how much we love animals and how much we help animals and how much we what we do for these animals, not just house animals, but the animals back home on the farm, Mm -hmm. um, the animals that we that we feed uh, in preparation for our hunts. Um, we take care of them and we take care of them a lot more than people who are so-called animal activists actually do and being able to see why we do what we do from our perspective and from other people's perspective on why they don't which Mm -hmm. we've been on both spectrums yeah um being able to see that just helps bring in a better understanding for everything so the but the same thing goes for everything whether it be the hunting or the fitness or whatever it may be like i'm a weightlifter i do bodybuilding programs like i've said several times that's what i love ju- doing but uh there for a while we were training for a 5k we didn't end up going through with it but we <laughs> trained for about a month and a half to, about a month month and a half yeah and it was terrible i hated it <laughs> we went in and ran like four days a week for a whole month and um, you know that was enough for me to where I was like oh man this sucks but um, at the same time like just because I lift weights and I'm a bodybuilder doesn't mean I'm going to sit there and bash on runners because what they do I hate you know yep. I do and I tried it and I didn't like it but I'm not going to sit there and bash on them because they do crap that sucks <laughs> yeah. because I've them, tried not, it yeah it doesn't exactly, suck. exactly so, definitely they could think, you
0: know the opposite you know weightlifting sucks but you yeah. know I'd rather run so
1: so a great message to leave the the listeners with try something new get out there and try to broaden your horizons no matter what it may be and you know everybody has the ability to do anything. Thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you can put yourself in a position to where you can try um, something new and something different, and uh, become more, like you said, more rounded as a person, and mm-hmm. understand why people do what they do, and that's very important. So, I think for the most part, yeah, that kind of wraps it up. Obviously, like always, we want to stress, you know, go follow our Instagram page on Head On Collision Podcasts, um, is what it is, and then go email us at headoncollisionpodcast@gmail.com. At um you can get us and reach us there ask us questions ask us questions about rugby ask us questions about football hunting health and fitness your diets like ask us anything obviously for the first couple podcasts and i uh, know that we're big into the health and fitness aspect but we're going to get branch it out and get into a little bit deeper stuff here too we're gonna um, whether try we're personal. Something new. yes we're going to try something new as well so um we're doing it, uh, and we want you guys to be a part of it, too. So if you are trying something new, um, you Let know, us know what it is. Yeah, let us know. Give us a shout-out, g- you know, get a hashtag up. Um, we're going to keep you guys posted and let everybody know, you know... The feedback we're getting, and we did get some amazing feedback on our Instagram. We went and posted it um, about somebody who listened to the podcast. Finally, one of our friends, one of TJ's friends, and he he loved it. He thought it was amazing. Thought we did a great job. So, got some good feedback, and we take it both ways. I mean, we've gotten some feedback on how what we could do better as well. Mm-hmm. So we've uh, we've kind of made that change as well. But uh, for the most part, yeah, I think everything went really well. I'm excited about kind of the future of everything, and how it's rolling so like i said if you have any questions hit us up on hit me and tj up on the email um on instagram let us know what you guys are thinking let us answer your questions for you too um and you know let us know how we're doing that's the biggest thing is hopefully we're doing good for you guys and you guys like to hear from it so let us know um but for the most part i think that kind of wraps up today bianca i know you gave your final little um word out to the to the audience but anything more you want to say
0: I don't
1: think so. All right. That works for us. Well, you guys take it easy. We'll talk to you soon.